Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Golf Show here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. I am Mike Dorich. I'm your host each week from 7 to 8 a.m. on Saturdays. Um, good morning to Pittsburgh and all, all surrounding areas. Thanks for listening in this morning. Um, first of all, I, w- I want to say that there is no doubt that the most important thing in everybody's life at this time is that real and scary coronavirus pandemic. Um, and that will be uppermost in our minds as we go through this next hour talking about the world of golf. Um, even though, like many other aspects of life, the world, is go- world of golf is pretty quiet right now. And for the foreseeable future, th- this line is pretty much puts everything in perspective. Golf is now on hold for two months through at least May 17th. Um, as you know, uh, as golf fans Excuse me, you've been following this, and we haven't seen um, real live professional golf until uh, or since the first round of the Players' Championship. Um, and as they say about the virus, it's going to get worse before it gets better. As of this moment, there have been 20 events postponed. 17 events have been canceled. That's according to, or that includes all of the PGA Tour events, and they have seven different tours, the Corn Ferry, the Champions uh, Tour, um, and and a few other international tours. So that's 37 tournaments that won't be played most likely. Um, it's it's going to be very difficult to bring back these um, postponed events, although that would very much be what the sponsors and the uh, and the hosts of these events would like. Um, and, and you know, there's there's so much of this. We'll we'll talk about it um, <laughs> right now. The next event that we'll see on the PGA Tour, 
assuming things go well um, uh, against the against the virus, will be the Charles Schwab Challenge, May 21st to the 24th. But again, there are no guarantees. Um, as you all know, the Masters has been postponed. The PGA Championship in Harding Park out in San Francisco has been postponed. Work not coming up, but in the not-too-distant future is the U.S. Open. Now, this year's Open is scheduled to be played at Wingfoot Golf Club in New York, in the suburbs of New York City. It's about five miles, give or take a mile or two, from New Rochelle which has become the, the epicenter of the, the virus in New York. It seems very unlikely to me, and, and again, who knows what's going to happen in two months, but it seems very unlikely to me that they're going to want whatever it is, 40,000 people a day coming in and out of that area, um, I just don't see that as a as a good plan going forward. So the U.S. Open may get postponed. So you have you would have the first three majors of the year postponed, and that's where it gets a little tricky because the PGA Tour has forty nine tournaments on its schedule and with its new condensed schedule to get the year finished before football starts there aren't very many openings that they can just slide the masters into or um, you know slide the PGA tour into um, yes there's the fall and the fall has those fall um, events, the, the 2020 part of the 2020-21 schedule. Um, but it, it gets so complicated. Um, how about the Masters? You've, you've seen no doubt that they're talking about playing the Masters in October after Augusta National is open again. It's, it closes every year not long after the Masters is over and doesn't open again until early October. So that sounds like a possibility. <laughs> in, in addition to the things you can see that will need to be adjusted, you know, the grass will be different. You know, the conditions will be different. It, it won't play like they would like it to play in April. But think about this. CBS, which holds the rights for the Masters and has for many years, is also contracted to televise NFL games. So this would be, if, if the Masters moves to October, this would be, you know, right 
in the in the you know not the middle quite, but getting there of the NFL season. So what do they do? How do they televise pro football? Well, in college football on Saturday, and still cover the Masters. I'd love to be a little fly on the wall to hear some of those negotiating sessions. Somebody I read this week suggested that they, if they do that, and if they're able to pull that off in, in the fall, they make the fall version of the Masters a Wednesday through Saturday event, um, staying away from finishing the same day as the slate of NFL games on Sunday. Interesting. Makes you think. Um, the British Open has, has said they're going to go ahead to hold the, the men's open and the women's open because they have a little, a little more play in, that, in the schedule. Um, they're not, those two events aren't until July. So everybody is hopeful that we will mm, not be on the other side of this necessarily, but we'll have this a little more under control by July. Um, it's, and, and that's just the pro part of this. You know, the amateurs are affected. Um, you know, Sonny Hannah is, is played in June. Uh, most recently, it's been played the same week as the U.S. Open. Um, I saw a story this week that said they're still planning to play at this point. And like everything else, it all depends on how the battle against the virus goes. Um, let's see, what else? <laughs> oh, you have no doubt heard, seen the story that um, there have been talks that might lead toward Oakmont becoming a backup for one of these events. Um, I talked to some people this week, and that was a, a surprise to them that they were going to be playing that role. Now, Oakmont, maybe more than any other course, and that's probably a big statement. There may be others, but that's the one we know about. Um, they're more than a lot of courses able to just do a few things and have the course in championship shape. That's because that's the level that it's played on every day. Now, if they were to host one of those events, you know, they wouldn't have the grandstands. They wouldn't have 50,000 people on the grounds like, like they've tried in the past. Um, it would be a pretty slim, you know, um, infrastructure just because of the time. Getting the course ready won't be a problem. Getting everything else squared away might be. Um, and while this is this is made for some great conversation, um, don't know that there's any kind of real conversations going on at this point. Um, you know, you you think about all the different ways this affects people. 
And, and again, the, the people being affected by the virus are, are, you know, they're being affected in a much more serious way. But you think of all the people that you see or you don't see on television when these events are being played. Um, there are, you know, the, the old saying, cast of thousands of volunteers and staff members who work their butts off, not only during the week of the event, but before and after. And a lot of these people depend on that money that they earn that week or, or, or however long it is, you know, to, to keep them going just like we do with, with, with our jobs. And when you start thinking about 49 events and how many people are needed for each event, it gets kind of a, a staggering number of people that, that no golf affects. Sure, we as, as sports fans and, and golf fans, we're not crazy about not having any golf to watch. But then, like I said, you do a little thinking about all the people and things that are affected by this, and... It's, it's a lot more than just not having a golf tournament on to watch each weekend. One thing I found interesting um, this week was one of the golf magazines uh, said that uh, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan told the PGA Tour's board this week that he's decided to forego his salary uh, indefinitely during this pandemic. Um, he and his senior management team, um, or he, he's foregoing his, the senior management team is taking a 25% salary cut and <laughs> kind of staggering. Uh, Monaghan's compensation last year totaled $3.9 million. So um, who knows how the PGA Tour will use that money, but that certainly could help a lot of people. Um, what else did I write down here? This is the 149th British Open, if it's played. Um, next year, of course, will be the 150th. And it'll be played at the old course at St. Andrews. Um, the LPGA, of course, has been um, affected. Um, they've already rescheduled their first major of the year, the ANA Inspiration, that was supposed to be played April 2nd and 5th, is now going to be played September 10th and 13th. Um, they have postponed another three tournaments this week. And will no doubt uh, continue to do that as as we go along. Um, it's it, it really is um, wide ranging, just as the virus is, and um, hopefully um, 
we'll get we'll get the upper hand on on this thing and and um, everybody can get back to doing the things they want to do. Um, one of the things that it's affected here uh, is um, uh, recreational golf. As of uh, the other day, there are there are to be no golf courses open. Interesting. Um, that affects a lot of people because, as you know, a lot of us like to play. But we'll see. Um, nobody knows what's going to go on. It is just a, um, in my mind, I know this is to the, the truth, never seen anything like it um, in my lifetime. And that's been a long time. Um, but we're seeing it, and, and hopefully it's going to turn out as well as it can once it's all over. Uh, it's time for our first break of the day, and we'll do that, and we'll get some guests on here to talk about different aspects of this, and we'll do that right after this break. You're listening to The Golf Show on 93.7 The Fan. Well, welcome back um, to The Golf Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Uh, I am Mike DeDore, it's your host. Um, like I said, in, in in my lifetime, I've, I've never seen anything like this. And I suppose that's the case for, for most people. Um, so I decided to enlist the um, opinions and perspective of a fellow who's in my age group, I believe. And he's been a friend for a long time. And I'm happy to welcome Mike Perky to the show. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Michael. Um, Nice to hear from you. Um, so, <laughs> when you think about what's going on in the country and the world right now, um, even outside of golf, have you ever seen anything like this in your lifetime? Oh no, heavens no. We, you know, not even nine eleven uh, comes close to this. Uh, it's a strange eerie time that's really difficult for you to get your arms around um you know it's hard to know how to think about it it's how to know how to put it in perspective um you know minor things like we don't have any sports or golf to watch on television that that seems to be minor right now compared to to everything else that we're facing uh but you know you you walk outside and you drive around, and it's it's just eerie. You see those shots of New York City and in Chicago, um, places where downtowns are you know normally just jammed with traffic and people. There's nobody to be seen. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. I I can't imagine the streets of New York as empty as they are. Yep. So. Since this is a golf show, um, we we are going to talk a little bit about golf, even though, and I said this earlier, that's it's it's not the most important thing by a long shot right now, but it it like the rest of sport um, has left a big hole in many people's lives. Um, both. I mean, what are we watching on television? I've become a big movie guy. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, really, well, that's just my opinion, and I'll, I'll not say that. Um, I've watched a lot of movies, or I've worked and turned the TV off and turned my my um, uh, music on, and and that's cool too. Yep, I'm uh, playing a lot of Spotify. Are you? There you go. Yeah. So, have you given much thought to? what this is all going to look like when we do get to the other side? You know, Michael, it depends on when that happens. Uh, if it happens, you know, if it happens by August or September, um, you know, thing, we could get our major championships. They'll all be crowded. They might have to be played very close together. Um if it goes on past August, then I think we have to wipe the season out. Uh, the Masters is talking about um, uh, second week in October. Um, the U.S. Open, you know, could still be played. The PGA Championship, not so sure because it's being it's scheduled to be held in San Francisco, and there's been talk. Of moving the PGA to uh, uh, to TPC Sawgrass and playing it there, um, you know we could still get our majors in if we get back to you know semi-normal by August or so. And who knows whether that's a very optimistic? No, nobody thing. knows that. Yeah, um, the and this is you know trying to put a little humor into this. The, the good thing about playing the Masters in October is that we'll have two Masters within six months. That's right. We won't have Everybody to wait nine months for the next Masters. That's exactly right. Everybody loves the Masters, so you'll get two of it. But, you know, that's going to bring all kinds of, not difficulties, but logistics things that have to be worked out. Um this will go down, obviously, regardless of, of whether some of it is played, um, you know, the, all majors are played, however many. It's going to go down as, as an historic season. Um, you know, there have been majors that haven't been played over the years for a variety of reasons, but this is a, a totally different situation. Well, it took a world war. Right. To postpone a Masters. That's what we're looking at here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's basically what we're doing. Um, you've been to the Masters a lot. Um, how do you, how different do you think do you think do you think a Masters in October would look from a Masters in April? Well, there are the obvious things, like there won't be any azaleas or, or blossoming dogwoods. Um, and, you know, I really think that, you know, given what we're going through and what we're about to go through, a Masters in October would undoubtedly be a little more subdued than than in April. You know, when that Masters comes along in April, it's springtime and, it's the unofficial opening of golf season in a lot of places, and yep. people who are on the grounds are excited to be there, and the roars that you get in the springtime 
are, are just unmistakable. Um, but I'm just betting that if it happens in October, you know, the roars down from Amen Corner are going to be not quite as big and, and the excitement is going to be, you know, a little more subdued. And quite naturally, that that's what you would expect. Um, the Masters has an advantage over these other places in that their infrastructure is there, and and they won't have to do a lot of scrambling in in that regard. Um, so that's a problem. no. That's true. And keep in mind that um, Augusta National is closed from May to October. Right. And and it's closed because the Masters is a ryegrass golf course, and you know you can't have it in the summer because the summer heat kills the ryegrass, and that's why they're closed. And then you know starting in in early September they reseed for the ryegrass, and um, and by the time they open in the second week in October, then you know the course is in great shape again. You know, I wanted to ask you um, how much golf is being played in your area. Oh, we're still playing. Are you? Yeah, we're still playing. I I, um, I play in a, a big uh, group of guys who are over sixty-five. I'm the only one who's not over sixty-five, but you know we're the vulnerable group, and you know we're still playing. The guys say you know it's important for us to be together. And get out. I mean, we had we had thirty on Monday, and um, um, but having said that, the courses that we're playing at are starting to institute, you know, more and more restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're closing the snack bars. Uh, they they want us to uh, uh, pay and register online if yeah. we can to keep from having to you know pass along credit cards. Uh, they're taking the bunker rakes out of the bunkers. Uh, they're putting the, the cups and the holes upside down so you don't reach into the cup. They're asking you to leave the flag stick in at all times. Uh, they're taking the coolers and the, and the sand bottles off the carts. I mean, I think we're playing on borrowed time, Mike. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be just a matter of time before they shut it down altogether. Well, that's where we are as of, um, was it Thursday night? No, late late this week, the governor ordered all non-essential businesses um, to shut down. And, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can talk to whoever and you have different opinions about whether golf is essential or non-essential, but... Nobody's playing now. And, uh, yeah, I played at a club yesterday that um, they sent us all out and one person to a cart. Yeah, that's what they were doing here too. Um, and I got a couple guys coming on in the last segment that are going to talk about that um, from an ownership, um, uh, you know, p- uh, position, and from. Um, the West Bend Golf Association's position. So be interesting to hear what what they have to say. But as usual, it's been very interesting talking to you and getting your insights this morning. 
Uh, I appreciate you coming on with me as always. And um, I'm just going to say this as we end. I'm presuming that you're uh, you're kicking those older fellows' butts when you're playing every week. Uh, no, right now they're kicking mine. <laughs> well, you better get going then. If we keep playing, I'm I'm going out to the range today. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, thanks. Um, Thank I appreciate you, Mike. you coming on. Absolutely, stay safe. All right, you too. That's Mike Perkey. You can read his his um, work on MorningRead.com, and um, he's a good guy. Been a golf writer for a long time. All right, it's time for another break, another 2020 update. We'll do that now, and when we come back, we'll talk some more about what's going on in the world of golf. You're listening to the Golf Show, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Well, let's let's have uh, a couple conversations here. In our last segment, uh, my first guest is Terry Teasdale. He's the um, WP West Penn Golf Association Executive Director. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for getting up in the early morning and having a little chat with me. Morning, Mike. Thanks. So there is a lot of uncertainty um, about golf in general, but golf in western Pennsylvania regarding clubs and, and recreational players and, and um, what all that means. Um, and I know you're, you're constantly try to get, trying to get information. Um, is there anything new that, that you can tell us today? Uh, no, not at the moment. Uh, we did have, get some information, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, last evening that we're putting together and, uh, couple other things we need to tie up, but we expect to have an announcement out uh, sometime this morning. Okay. Um, it's It's been, obviously, uh, interesting for everybody watching what's going on. I can only imagine that maybe interesting hasn't been, wouldn't be the right way to describe how it's been for you guys. No, no, it hasn't been very interesting. Uh it's just the the uncertainty that that we're dealing with, uh, you know, the lack of clarity, how clubs and golf courses are supposed to be operating, you know, still trying to find out, uh, you know, about maintenance of the golf course, whether or not that should be halted, uh, and whether or not there could be any sort of you know activity on the golf course uh, for exercise or any other purpose. See, there's something I I hadn't even thought of, and I'm I'm guessing. Maybe a lot of people wouldn't think of the maintenance aspect. And at this time of year, that's a fairly crucial part of what goes on at golf courses. Well, yeah, you can imagine. I mean, we're coming into the spring. Uh, the weather's going to start getting nice, and uh, hopefully the golf courses will be allowed to be maintained. Uh, if not, it's going to put the game considerably back uh, whenever business is allowed to continue to operate. It's it's something that we certainly need clarification on. So your schedule of of um, events doesn't start until what May? Yeah, May twelfth. Okay, so you have a little time before you know um, you have to be concerned about whether or not something's going to be played or not. Um, that has to weigh on on your mind and your consciousness. A lot, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, uh, 
interestingly, this is where we're starting later than we usually do. We usually start at late April, uh, just because of the way that the, we were able to get our events, uh, scheduled. We're not starting until May, so that does give us a little more time, uh, to, to gather information and make decisions. Uh, USGA qualifying, we're supposed to start on May 5th and with qualifying for the Women's Open and followed the very next day on the 6th with the Men's Open, uh, U.S. Men's and Women's Open qualifying. And, uh, we're still not even, uh, we're still, still waiting on a decision on how to proceed, uh, with both of those qualifying rounds. Now, that's going to be interesting if they stick with their decision that, um, those are going to be postponed or whatever, you know, what's the procedure going to be for people getting into the U.S. Open? Well, that's that's to be determined now. Uh, uh, the announcement USGA had out uh, is, you know, maybe in the, I think the wording was maybe, you know, same format, but there, there may be some shifts to it. So, you know, that's, that's another thing that we're still waiting to hear. Uh, we do have some time, but I do expect uh, that some decisions are going to need to be made uh, rather soon. Yeah. Uh, Terry Teasdale is joining me on the fan hotline. It's brought to you by Workers' Compensation Law Firm of Hall and Capitas. Um, you obviously, you know, like me, have never seen anything like this in, in your time. Um, <laughs> you just sit back and shake your head sometimes? Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, it's uh, it's. I, I really don't know how to, to 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 describe it. I mean, it is kind of overwhelming. Uh, but hopefully, you know, we can get through this collectively, uh, all of us, and uh, you know, get back to some sort of semblance of a normal life. And that's much more important than than the golf, even though to people who you know love the game and, and um, uh, you know, enjoy playing and watching, it's it's a pretty big deal to them, too. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the economic impact of the game alone, even in the state of Pennsylvania, is, you know, billions of dollars. And uh, sure. so, so you know, that's, it, it, yeah, many industries, obviously, but golf certainly is uh, a big one. And, yeah. you know, hopefully uh, this can, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a tough time for sure. Yeah. Well, Terry, thanks for coming in. Not coming in, coming on with me. Um, we'll do this again a little further down the line and once you have some more clarity, and, and hopefully we'll be back on the golf course soon. Thanks, Mike. All right. That's Terry Teasdale from the West Bend Golf Association, and there's a lot of uncertainty um, within that organization about where we're going from for he, you know, from here, um, my next guest. Um, this is like the lightning round on whatever that game show was. Um, is Vince D'Augustine, the owner of Manor Valley Golf Course, out in um, where are you? Is it Export, Vince? Is that where you? Yep, the, Export. The mailing address. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, thank you for for coming on with me. Uh, appreciate welcome. it. So, as of Yesterday, things came to a grinding halt, correct? Yeah, they did, for sure. Um, we tried to uh, 
through the through the I, I guess the non-essential. Um, we worked through that a little bit, uh, a couple days. Worked through the non-essential uh, recommendation, um, and then yesterday they did the non-life-sustaining closure, um, which I did find out. I guess in the last uh, day or so, they they delayed the enforcement of that. Um, so again, I just think it's communication-wise, it's it's difficult to to know what to do as a as a golf course owner. Communication has not been a real good thing through this, is it? No, it hasn't. Um, you know, because we're looking to provide, you know, our, our customers, our members, you know, the opportunity to come out. And, and if we can do that um, in a safe environment, then, then we certainly want to be able to do that. Aside from, the, you know, obviously the, the monetary aspect of it, um, you know, we're not going to make enough money in, in those couple days um, to really have an impact, I think, on, on what will turn into, a, you know, an, an economic issue um, uh, following this. Um, so, you know, we're not going to make enough money to be able to, to have an impact that way. But, you know, we want to be able to have these these customers, these members come out and, you know, enjoy the weather and, um, you know, exercise and be, and be able to, you know, control their sanity a little bit, um, you know, through this difficult time. So uh, we were able to do that for a couple of days, which was which was good. I mean, those uh, the people that came up were, were very thankful. Um, you know, we, we put – some things in place that, that we thought were, were absolutely necessary in, in, in helping, you know, control the spread of this virus. So we're going to be getting to the season, and sometimes we forget that it, it is still March, so it's, it's still early, but we're going to be coming to um, charity event season here soon, I presume. Um, this, this would have a big impact in all of those events, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, and, and it's a, it's a, it's big for, you know, not only us financially, but but those uh, individuals that are that are doing their part in raising money for certain charities and, um, you know, certain nonprofits. Uh, so that's, you know, we we worry about not just ourselves, but we worry about those individuals um, not being able to do that. And I know there's bigger things in the world than, you know, obviously everybody's worried about you know, the family and friends' health and, and all that, and we certainly, you know, worry about that as well. Um, but, you know, these, these guys are, are, are doing their best to raise money and take time out of their day to have these golf events, and, you know, it's looking like more and more every day that, that we're going to get um, a lot of those uh, delayed. And, well, and the thing is, it's, it, they're going to be canceled, uh, unfortunately, because, you know, we can't take all of, say, for example, all of May's, if we have to cancel all May, we can't move them to June because we already have events scheduled for June. So it's it's not going to be a good situation, I don't think. Um, I, you know, for I us or gonna, Yeah, I was just going to ask you. Uh, you're in a position with as popular a spot as you are for outings. You don't have a lot of wiggle room. No, we really don't. I think we have, uh, as of now, we have maybe two or three Saturdays available from um, you know May to. September, um, which, you know, we can, we can juggle a, a few events, but at the end of the day, you know, whose event ends up getting priority, which is something that, uh, you know, hopefully we don't have to go down that path, but I think as the days go on more and more, we're, we're learning that, uh, you know, that is going to be a path we're going to have to take, uh, unfortunately. I was thinking about this over the last couple of days and, and, 
as we know, and you and I have talked about this before, these last few years, maybe longer than that, have not been good for the small courses, the you know the the out of the way courses. It's been a struggle for those guys, and it's been a struggle for everybody really. But those guys specifically. Uh, yeah, the, I, the ones that I agree with you. Yeah, the ones that are hanging on, um, you know, that are that are doing everything they can to uh, you know come up with different ideas to. Uh, to get customers in, and, you know, I feel bad for the, how about the people that maybe just purchased the course, or, you know, and, and we're talking golf, but, I mean, there's many businesses that, that people just, you know, put their life savings into that, that, that got shut down, and, you know, golf is, you know, I know a few courses were bought in the, in the last couple of years, and um, so I, I, my heart goes out to those guys, especially, and, and, and right, the, you know, the, the ones that are out of the way, and, and maybe don't have the luxury of having a lot of outings. I mean, I feel, I feel terrible for them, um, yeah. you know. And I think it's it's going to be a situation where, you know, not a lot of places, uh, whether you have cust- a lot of customers, a lot of members, uh, you know, or not, we're just going to be in a bad way. And you know, it's kind of a uh, maybe a, a, a not a good outlook for, on, on my part. But I think it's just a little bit of a reality where, you know, we've at our place we've done every we just put a banquet facility on we've done everything we possibly could to you know make it a, a you know an attraction and uh, for for customers for members and and we have great customers and great members and and we're we're really thankful for them um but you know we don't i don't think anybody knows what the economic fallout is going to be from this whole situation no nope. well Vince thanks for coming on for a couple minutes i appreciate You're welcome, it and, but i got to run so we will talk no soon and maybe see you this summer Yes, sir. Stay safe. Okay. You too, Vince. Um, That's Vince D'Augustine, the owner of Manor Valley Golf Course.